am I a trick or am I a treat? Anyone who can find my bathroom number in any Washington, D.C. bar will find out. I'm tickled my fucking toes. I've been in those bathrooms and I have not seen that number. I am Jamal. You got to look up. That's from the uh, hit television show, Hey Arnold. Oh, okay. (laughs) And welcome to Black Tarot. It's a Blackly Black podcast where we boot cap Dragula and we also root cap RuPaul's Drag Race. We're not doing that today. So, darling... It's two days after Halloween. We done got us another episode of Dragula. How are we mm-hmm. feeling today? We feeling good? We feeling juicy? Oh, uh, yeah, we're feeling good. We're feeling good. You know, I, um, I played uh, Mariah Carey's All I Want for All I Want for Christmas about 10 times. Yeah. You, oh, my version? Thank you. Mm-mm. Yes, my version. The one that made me a karaoke champion. <laughs> a champion. A winner, baby. A winner. <laughs> you all can't see this, but he's nodding. Yes. <laughs> Emma, I thought I was responding to a text message. And therefore responding, yes. So, uh, yeah, it was a good, you know, tis the season. Mariah Carey created Christmas. Uh-huh. And exactly. glamour. And lip syncing. You know, before, uh, before there was a Valentina, there was a Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. Well, in the words of um, Mariah Paris Balenciaga, um, <laughs> before there was Mimi, there was Mariah. Okay. <laughs> Season three. So, uh, I watched the episode first thing this morning, and um, I'm excited to get into it. I feel like I'm much more connected to the performers this episode, which is good. Yeah, it I mean, we got... Like... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. sorry, sorry. Go you ahead. Finish. Go ahead. No, go it ahead. It seems like... Um, some of the bravado on some of them, I said some, <laughs> has sort of dissipated, and I'm getting a good sense of them, which is good because sometimes you, it does take a while to connect to these performers, and while we don't know them, we do know what we get out of an edit. And I know for some people, the first episode uh, and that first impression was not fierce, but I have since turned uh, uh, turned on uh, uh, this particular person, so that's exciting. I'm interested to hear where they changed your mind at because I <laughs> I know who you're talking about and I still uh-huh. feel the same way I felt on episode one about them. Oh, episode one, I was ready to go say, go ahead and send a bitch down. Uh-uh. She's just she's pleasant now because she is winning. <laughs> but <laughs> watch yeah. what happens when she hit watch what happens when she has another off week. Well, that hasn't happened yet. So here we are, a couple weeks later, and I've and got she still calls the chaos. Y'all can't. Uh, uh, no, because I'm almost starting shit. I'm almost sitting there starting shit. I said, now how you cut in the back fighting again? What is going on? That's what she do. That is what she. That's what the back is for. Child, the minute they yeah, for real, they don't have no kind of piece up in the cauldron. <laughs> Not a motherfucking one. Child. They sit up in the cauldron like, girl, you want some rum? Okay, but I just feel like anyway. I should. <laughs> I was like, how are we fucking fighting every week? We don't need it there. We don't need it. Why, why can't we just sit in silence today? Because they know. Uh, well, when they ask the question of why you, know you, you exactly. Right? <laughs> so, and nobody getting silenced on Mary Cherry go home. So Okay. <laughs> oh, that's probably why they keep in that bitch around for so long. <laughs> that motherfucking work room, the uh, boudoir is probably nice and quiet when she, when she go to her bathroom breaks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The producers go in their breaks too. So ain't shit happening up in here. They're <laughs> over here painting fucking silicone. So okay. let's dive into uh, episode three of Dragula. Uh, last week, the monsters took a midnight train to the Nosferatu beach party where they serve Sandra D and Lily Monster go to the beach. And we also got Dolly back to replace uh, Formaldehyde. Uh, the shade is fierce. <laughs> in the end, Saint, the creator, the lovely, the gorgeous, beautiful smile, excellent artist, made waves as the winner, and Bitter Betty and Astute were left out in the out. Ooh, what did that? What does it say in my notes? It was looking cute until we got to my uh, typo. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is what it's supposed to say. They were left out the face, face the least leeches without a life preserver. Very many words. Mm-hmm. In the end, Astrid was sent to the house. Brain smashed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm gagged. It's just it, it really just goes to show how quickly 
you can um, find yourself up in the bottom because as a boot cap, Astrid won the first challenge though. I still argue the host should have won that. Um, and we're going to see a little bit of that tonight. So yeah, here's the opening scene. Big Boule and Lil Boule pull up in a covered wagon. The one day you're going to learn their names. They do have names. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they do, they do have names. But it's easier to just say Big Boule and Lil Boule. Um, <laughs> now... Big Boulet, I'll get to that. <laughs> well, here's the guy. Here's the guy. When they do say that their names, it's always random and quickly because mm-hmm. they're always referred to as the set, as they, I'm sure they prefer. But then randomly, one of them go, "Yeah, Drax," and I'm like, "Wait a minute! Wait, 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 wait!" <laughs> These hoes have names. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so anyway, Big Boulet and Little Boulet. That's their names. <laughs> names that you, that's the name that their mother gave them, and uh-huh. won't use. They're pulled up in the Wells Fargo wagon and they are up in the saloon town. It's giving Western and these hoes are cannibals. So that's the scene, bitches. These bitches mm-hmm. are cannibals and they have to do a duel to figure out who is going to have to hunt out the dinner. Now, who is dinner tonight? We're going to find out after the person gets eliminated um, after tonight's challenge. So immediately this puts me back into a state of mind. Of, well, there's a couple things. One, Westerns are really, um, there is this sort of spirit of like, uh, 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 this ghostly spirit of ghost towns and what they conjure up and their connection to horror and also their connection to camp, as we'll see in the 700 Saloon Girls we see a little bit later on. <laughs> Night of a Thousand Saloon Girls. Okay. I said, well, <laughs> all you bitches is about to be Saloon Girl hookers. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> so you have that connection right there. So there's tons of... Um, space for them to do different things and this also puts me into mind season two when they visited a ghost town and they were on location and they had to create spirits of a ghost town so and i thoroughly enjoyed that challenge we got um victoria elizabeth black giving us the fortune teller that was on fire and the, expe- the special effects i know you don't like her but i do abora and her bank robber fierce Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And then to some extent, Bitch Puddin'. Bitch Puddin' was, you know, drowned up in the well. So we do know there are a range of different things that you can pull from Westerns. Um, and then we get into what the main challenge is. This is referring back to a specific comic book um, uh, that connects Western and sci-fi and horror. And they have to build a concept on that. Um, so that's the scene. I'm excited to see what's about to pop off. They also shoot Israel. Um Yes. They shoot off for it's, Israel. It's, it's giving us Deadwood. It's giving us Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, what it did not give us was Westworld, which I was surprised by. But um, Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm glad they, they I'm glad that they choose um slightly deeper references. Child, side note, I tried to watch Westworld Mistake. I got the episode six. I said, you know what, Miss Westworld? I am not going to do this with you. It's, it's, it's moving too slow. There's too much uh-huh. going on. Miss, It was just, it was not given what the girls say that it gives. So I I've just, I, I opted out. I was trying to hang in there for my baby daddy, Jeffrey Wright. But he is so fine. He is. Uh, hey, Grandpa. Uh, so the girls return to the boudoir, right? Before we know who survived the extermination. Oh, um, before we get into that, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, wait a minute. What? What? <laughs> wait a minute. What? Remember how I've been? You know how I've been postulating that uh, the Boulets have also have figured out how to like reduce some of the disparity between their heights. Okay. Big Boulet is wearing a shorter heel than Lil Boulet. Lil Boulet. <laughs> and I've noticed it. I've noticed it, and I said, "I thank you, thank you, I, <laughs> thank you." I have been affirmed. Thank you. And for those who are interested, their names are Drag Mortar and Swathulu. Swathulu. You can't even say it right. Swathulu, because it's a it's a it's a tongue twister. The taller uh, one is Swathulu. The smaller yeah. one is Drag Mortar. Uh, so Big Boule is Swathulu. <laughs> Big Boule is Swathulu. So the girls come back, and as we know, um, uh, Hoso is in love, desperately, dangerously in love with Astro. So she's sitting there, she's worried to death, Miss Thing, that her girl Baby. has been taken out the game. Um, so she's sitting there, she's sitting there moping, um, yada yada yada. 
everybody is uh <laughs> everybody they cut to everybody in the confessional and they all like girl mary should have been up in that bottom um mm-hmm. i don't know what was going on with miss um miss mermaid fish but she should have been up at that bottom i thought you said everybody it was one person it was <laughs> who else it was it was sigourney who else it was sigourney and it was um i feel like coco alluded to it Mm-hmm. I, I, and, I explicitly and, remember and, Sigourney saying that. No, Sigourney, Sigourney was the first one who said it. Coco alluded to it. And then um, Zavaleta was like, oh, Miss Thing, you were safe, but you were like low safe. So, well, let's also talk about how we even got on that conversation. <laughs> Go ahead. Because Mary opened her damn mouth and talking too yes. much. Yes, so, entirely too much. The theme of the episode is Mary needs to shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> that that will be the that, that's the thread that connects all the pieces. Pretty much everything that happens in this episode, you can almost tie back to Mary talking too much. So Mary talking too much. Um, Dolly comments that she didn't even recognize Astro because we keep getting these flashbacks to Astro uh, throwing her bitch fit up in that back in the okay. in the boudoir. Um, and Dolly's like, "Child, I don't recognize who the hell that was. Um, that's not who my drag daughter is." Right. Um. Ooh, why did I write that? Um, that's rude. What did I'm you write? Gonna, I'm, not gonna say, I'm not gonna say it. It's rude. So, <laughs> oh, that's like that stopped you when you call the bitches bobbleheads in the UK. Okay, I wrote Mary needs to drink more water because her tongue is dehydrated. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. if your tongue, if your tongue is very white, <laughs> that uh, means it's dehydrated. Um, and they keep cutting these confessions. Not you writing that damn. Because it just popped out because they went in confessional and, you know, she opens her mouth very wide and I was looking at her tongue. I was like, bitch, your tongue is yeah. white on TV. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, the girls, um, Betty comes back. Um, some people are happy. <laughs> Immediately when Betty come back in the room, everybody runs over Betty except for Hoso, who's standing Hoso table. is correct. Looking like she about to jump off the, <laughs> jump Baby. Off the bridge. The way that bitch was composing her resignation letter up in their head and said, you know what, Big Boulay and Little Boulay, I can't do this anymore. Girl, it could not have been that deep. It was only one episode, one or two episodes. I feel like they had something before then, though. Didn't they allude to that? Like, you know, we were fan, you know, fans of each other before. That's what she said, we're fans, but they never said that they had met. I feel like that was... Right, but you know the girls are good for sharing some nudes and, and getting, uh, you, you know... Girl, Girl, calm down. It's only you'll see her in two weeks when they let y'all out the studio, Miss Thing. Calm okay, down. Baby, you know how gay boys are. You, one one minute you just met him, the next minute y'all married, and the next minute y'all hate each other. And right. girl, that's in the span of two days. Okay. So the girls, uh, Betty's back. They're excited. Betty's excited yes. to be back. Um, okay. she's excited. She's galvanized and ready to take the crown. Um, the girls are summoned to the the run the ooh, the stage, the main stage. Um, mm-hmm. The Boulets announced that the challenge is the Weird Wild West challenge, which is modeled after a series of pulp comic books before. I'm excited because there is a lot of uh, cross sections that happen in like uh, Westerns and pulp Westerns. You know, uh, you can look at any of the number of alien versus cowboy things mm-hmm. <laughs> that have happened. Um, and then you also have, yeah, like you were saying earlier, a rich like breeding ground of horror. I want to take this moment to shout out um, an artist in Philadelphia and a very good friend of mine whose name is Jonathan Lyndon Chase, who who um, uh, published a book called Wild 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 West and the Haunting of the Seahorse, which is really good. It's um, it's like poetry and a graphic novel, um, and it's two different halves. So one half is dedicated to like this history of uh, black people and cowboys um and western culture and a dedication to their dead grandmother and then the other half is a is a um is a graphic novel that's set on a space station with two like queer men and one of them is pregnant and there's a haunting um shout out jonathan you guys if you're listening should go check it out you can also check out an interview i did with jonathan on youtube um just type in my name jonathan's name wow 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 west um not you over here <laughs> Bitch, that is not shameless at all, girl. You said the Amazon link is in the bio. Um, If you buy now, you'll get the director's commentary. Okay. 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 I will lift y'all. It's it's, it's the same. It's the same. But I was there. I was definitely very. It was getting very RuPaul. (laughs) Available available on iTunes. Um, Okay. 
So, girl, please, <laughs> people, look, people listening to this shit, we need to look. I'm plugging my shit. We ain't got no sponsors, so it ain't like our sponsorship time getting taken up by better health. Right, right. Um, Speaking of, cast <laughs> for mattresses. Okay. <laughs> girl. The way these bitches sell the mattresses. Shout out to go on to the episode of Drag Race. They are selling anything that sends a check. And I, Bitch. I completely agree. <laughs> Girl, Would you like us- to get on a VPN and watch Drag Race from Spain? Okay, send us a check, mistake. Somebody. Um. So Mary and Zavaleta have a toxic friendship. <laughs> that's the next number I have. <laughs> well, so it feels like it doesn't play out for me until, like, in, in all seriousness, until until the, the backstage. Back- I mean, but it right. starts here because they're like, they are Zavaleta is nipping at Mary, and then uh, all of a sudden in her face and trying to encourage her and hopping on. Her yeah, um, yeah, I don't know, but that's that's how sisters are sometimes. So um, what I do am appreciating, and when I was alluding to the bravado kind of coming down some, is La Zavaleta does seem to be uh, a lot more sisterly to the the monsters in the workroom, and it's it's. And it could be it would Zob's edit the first episode was just so fierce. Because like, that's was, what she was given on the first episode it. was fierce. Right. It was too much. Um, right, but, but also it like it's come down. Well, she's also starting to do well, so that might right. <laughs> that might um, contribute <laughs> to it, right? Yeah. Um, she don't need to like uh, spaz out and freak the girls out as much. So right. uh, then we cut to Sigourney. Sigourney, um, you know, is excited. She says that she is here to show y'all fashion and horror. I mean, fashion and glamour and beauty. And, and Hoso hops right in and says, but what about the filth and the horror? Right. Okay. Um, which is a which valid first, point. Right. Because at first I was not about to give that any sort of energy because mm-hmm. of the way that Sigourney be getting treated by them. But right. get to the main show that we're talking about. Well, there are legit concerns, right? Because Sigourney, I think that Sigourney's... Uh, I wonder how Sigourney's going to do with Phil. That's what I want to yeah. ask. Because I, I, I can see that Sigourney is going, can give you, like, campy horror. She does that. Right. You know what I mean? And she finds a way to fit what she does into the context. But right. I haven't seen no filth from her yet. And I'm looking forward right. to that. And beyond just, like, spitting up blood. I want to see filth, right? Yes, please. I don't want to see no more motherfucking blood capsules in the mouth. Okay. Okay. Once you... that shit hits the drag race stage, you cannot be doing it. Y'all, the... uh-uh. you ain't got to top you out of start to X that shit up off your list. Um, I agree with that. Um, I appreciate Sigourney's brand of high femme uh, monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is very much so a monster of high doll, mm-hmm. and she executes it beautifully. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. great work. When she says that she is recreating a Mugler, I said that is a choice. But it's, it looks like the Mugler piece. Um, but I, my first reaction when we, get onto the, when we get onto the floor show is, damn, I wish she was a little dirtier. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, <laughs> and if you want like a good when I'm thinking of like good examples of like filth, um, Lad Decider's filth on the final floor show was creative oh and good, right? There's yeah. this cis straight man who is just like funky and sitting in his, you know what I mean? And sitting in like all these things that you can think of when you think mm-hmm. of like a nasty man. Creative, good example of filth, you know what I mean? Um, it doesn't have to be just spitting up blood, although that's part of right. it. You know what I mean? We can we can move past that because we're four seasons in now. You know, right. it's time to start elevating beyond what was permissible in season one. Very nice. Um, uh, Sigourney also feels like people are a little too focused on her. Um, and Coco <laughs> is sitting over in the corner talking about, girl, I'm not feeling the theme. I'm not feeling <laughs> nothing. I'm not feeling no sci-fi. And this brings me back to episode two when she didn't know the difference between uh, Elvira and Morticia. I still think that was just a, a slip of the tongue. But okay. <laughs> Coco is giving very much. I was fitting to go on Drag Race, but then y'all were the ones who picked me up. Well, there was a couple of hoes like that. Um, oh, and, and, you know, we hate, we hate, uh, we, we love Drag Race. We, we, we love, we eat, sleep, and We break. do. Shit, we log in uh, hours for that bitch. Baby, clocked in, okay? We got to make sure we don't go over 20 hours. Otherwise, you got to pay us motherfucker benefits. Um, but there is something to be said about the performer whose intention was to be on Drag Race and 
decided to go for another opportunity. And Dracula is an excellent opportunity. But we're going to yeah. get into the floor show. There's going to be some discussion about this syndrome uh, that uh, Lil Boulay brings up, the am I a monster syndrome, and how that does hold, and it's a different type of imposter syndrome that Absolutely. holds some of the performers back. Um, Absolutely. Um, and we'll talk about Mary talking too much later on. Yeah, and I mean, it also, I think, it doesn't... So there isn't, like... There isn't this dichotomy where it's like the girls who do drag race are over there and the girls who do drag right. are over here. That shit doesn't exist, right? Because you see right. the girls intermingling all the time. And Correct. now with J. Jolie, you see the crossover. Um, and I would also argue that as an artist, and you can understand this, you're an artist, um, you aren't beholden right um to one particular aesthetic or like way of being right. for the entirety of your career you know what i mean Absolutely. um and you aren't responsible to give people that um right. so yeah 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 yeah. people definitely can come on this show and try to figure out a way to make what they do fit into right. this show um yes and yeah. to that end um they need to understand that they're participating here exactly so you need to understand the rules and what is expected of you here right Correct. Correct. Don't be bringing no um, the drag race pageantry over to Miss Dragula. Right, right, right. Or don't feel like you, are, um, for lack of better terminology, are going to come here and cosplay this when there are other performers in this competition yeah. who yeah, are yeah, being yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Because that's yeah. not fair. Because that that is um, that is uh, I'm usually almost like bastardizing the brand, right? Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, and and what it is that they do just because you feel like you can kind of cosplay in that world and right. eventually will catch up to you. Yeah. yeah but what it, I do it, appreciate, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because it's obvious. It's obvious when yes. somebody is not, it's not authentic. And, but I do think Big Boulay and Low Boulay do pick up on that and they do put that into their notes mm -hmm. and allow them to improve on those particular things. Uh, which is one of the more exciting things about the way that they approach uh, critique for the show. And it's, it's, a, it's just a different way of doing it, but it's a way that is molded and sort of built around this beast and behemoth and understanding this as um, a lot of what exists in this world is fringe. Yeah. And celebrating that. Yeah. So we get into the girls um, making their out, and I love the fact that we get to see them actually just sitting here constructing outfits, right? Right. Um, I like the background music. <laughs> who, Mary talking? Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> For real, we never got to the crux of that story, actually. So <laughs> we're, we're about to get to it. So um, Sigourney, like you said, is recreating the Moo Blair look. Uh, you see a whole bunch of, like, sparkles. Um, Coco... And this is where I first got concerned because then Coco's like, I'm going to be doing like a hooker in the Wild Wild West who's a pig. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm here for like the pig woman thing, but I do not want to see a thousand saloon girls pop it down here. That is not right to me. And so, so saloon girl one. Um, Dolly's going to be alien bounty hunter. Here for it. Betty's going to be post-apocalyptic uh, Dolly Parton. Saloon girl. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> I said, don't you dare try to turn it around. It was the saloon girl. Okay. <laughs> Mary says she's going to be a one-eyed Mae West saloon girl. Um, <laughs> and I was concerned because Mary's ability has not given me reason to believe that this one-eyed woman is going to come out looking well, also the way that I need to look. The shape that with the crystal wig that she had on. <laughs> Um, it took me straight up back to break up bye bye. Okay, <laughs> when that shit was going back to motherfucking Tim Book Two in that uh, bitch, Miss Mary, <laughs> you know what I'm giving after this episode. I said to myself, I am giving up my expectations of what I, what I'm going to see out of Mary. It just is mm -hmm. going to be what the fuck it is going to be. Um, mm -hmm. but it better not be safe one more week. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> so, well, this is not helping her. <laughs> no, because we didn't deep dive into some of the, the, the her talking too much thing because okay. there is the thing also about you and I know a bunch of artists and while we do know a bunch of loud artists, we do know a bunch of really quiet ass artists. Mm -hmm. so, so I'm sure it's really hard to actually strike a balance of how much more Mary is talking and how much there is just no balance, no offset for real, for real. The problem, the thing is, I'm not bothered by Mary talking a lot. I am bothered by the fact that everything that comes out of her mouth is reductive 
and is negative towards her competitors. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like she feels like she's playing some sort of producer role, some sort of narrator role, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, uh, Candy Muse is seen somewhere crying, vomiting in a corner. Mm. Uh, it, it's you because you don't have it to back up. People are going to target you that much more fiercely. Yeah, because so, if it was given, you know what I right. mean? But also, I want to point out, if she was not a fat black person, I feel like mm-hmm. some of this yes. also would not be, you know, because what people really don't like is a fat black person taking up too much space. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's given very much silky. So very that she was ready. <laughs> I was motherfucking ready to do so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's just, it's, it's just a lot of overcompensating. And because yeah. things are not giving it is obvious because yeah. this is probably who she is in general, but now it's amped up in the television uh, setting. Uh-huh. And now uh-huh. it's clear that it's overcompensating and it's like, girl, no, because yeah. we can, some of the same things are going to be said about J. Jolie, but you know, who's quiet in the motherfucking room? J. Jolie. Well, I'm going to get to that later. Cause I wrote a, I wrote a note about what I think is going on with her, but, um, Zavaleta. Plenty of thing I mentioned earlier. No, 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 no. I think that okay. J I'll talk about it later. Um, Zavaleta is going to do a look just inspired by Emilio Zapata and uh, I love that for several reasons one um, people oftentimes will erase uh, Mexican uh, Mm -hmm. culture from the narrative of the Wild West Um, in the same way that they erase like black folks from being in the Wild Wild West and we know that um, both of these groups of people were absolutely here Um, and more and more as people do their research, we're getting more like evidence and media around those things. Um, so I love that Zavala is like, no, let's let's put this in the context, right? My people were here, my people contributed. Also, I love it because uh, Emilio Zapata is an important historical figure, right? He, he's a leader from the Mexican Revolution um, in the 1920s. Um, when I was doing organizing in San Francisco, we used to always go back and look at what the Zapatistas did um, as a people's movement and a a kind of a land grabbing back movement because it it really was important and influential and the Zapatistas still exist. Um, And Emilio was gay, which is something that people have started to reclaim more and more recently. So I'm I'm glad that I was very excited to see Zavaleta kind of um, reference that. I was like, okay, cool. And so immediately, I really appreciated that being at the top of I'm doing someone uh, uh, from my Mexican background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, um, and she does allude to him being gay uh, on the stage. Mm-hmm. Which is a flick of the wrist. Exactly. So it's a exactly. work. And, it, and it just, it, the, the passion showed uh, in the details and the presentation of the look. So I'm very, very excited to see it. Yeah. Well, the one thing that we can give her is that she is very passionate about her culture. She's very passionate mm-hmm. about where she comes from. You know what I mean? Um, right. She also talks about how she learned about um, Zapata from her sister who passed away from cancer. And so that's an emotional moment for her because she talks about, <clears throat> you know, her catchphrase, life made me this bitch. Right. So she she talks about what um, she's alluding to. Put on t-shirts for you. Well, I, I mean, yeah, because we don't really need to just be walking around with our trauma like a fucking cape but that's where she's at whatever um uh mary talking too much um and (laughs) and the one thing i will say going back to this real quick mary is talking too much but dolly also says she only talks too much because ain't nobody else talking so um and then I wrote, the boulets are going to stop playing in our faces with these cuts to the floor show, like the girls is in half drag and they getting the announcement to come to the stage. Bitch! I meant to, to bring that up on the first episode, because these bitches ain't nowhere near done and they talk about reports in the main right. thing. Ain't no, these girls ain't got no clothes on, and we know these outfits are very, very complicated. Mm-hmm. So it's not like these bitches just throw on motherfucking minotaur outfits within right. 15 seconds that they're going to be on the motherfucking stage for the floor right. show. No. Uh, face half done. I was like, okay, y'all can stop with this. Y'all can stop with this. Get it. <laughs> oh my god, I'm not finished yet. Oh, right. Goes off and they sit back down. Okay. <laughs> All right, you guys, have, you guys have two more hours. Right. Cue the queens back into the room. <laughs> yeah, but that was it. Let's so... get into what's happening on this judge. Let's get into the mainstays. What's what, we, oh, did we ever group? describe what their music is going to be? With your girl. 
<laughs> Bitch, you know it was so gaggy. So we go out to the stage and we get Big Boule and Low Boule giving us um, intergalactic, <laughs> intergalactic whores. Um, it reminded me a wee bit of, um, I mean, you know, these are standard issue uh, giant intergalactic space costumes. So mm-hmm. nothing to talk about too fair. So it reminded me of um, the the final look. Remember Rocky, uh, Rocky uh, Picture Horror Show? Rocky Horror Picture Show? Mm-hmm. And at the end where Riff Raff and Magenta come in in their space outfits. Yes. I don't know. It just took me to that. Because <laughs> that whole thing. I watched that a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, have you ever been to the Shadow Cast of that? Have I ever what? Been to a Shadow Cast of Rocky Horror. What do you mean? Like a live show? Yeah. Yeah, I used to go all the time in undergrad. I got you should go to the one here. I used to go all the time in undergrad. The reason why I stopped going though is because it got it started getting a little racist. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> some of these callbacks, some of these callbacks, this thing. It's well, there's a couple of callbacks that <laughs> need to be written that, out immediately. Okay, I know this is a place where offensive things are said, but some of these callbacks must stay. <laughs> no, ma'am. Um, yeah, I had to hump a, um, I had to hump a stuffed Tweety Bird when I when it was my first show because you know you you the virgin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did the underwear run. <laughs> I did. No, it's cool. I like it. I like. I like. So back it. in the time where I was just taking my pants off anywhere. I uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I thoroughly enjoy it. Like I said, I enjoy it. I re- the funny thing is, though, I went to... No, my friend in college had me watch the movie first. Yes. And then go. And I remember she gave me the disclaimer. She said, Jamal, this is a bad movie. It is okay. not a good movie. <laughs> it is a cult classic. It's just a cult classic. Because you, you go back and you look at what's going on. And you're like, who the fuck? What was wrong with Richard O'Brien when he put this together? Yes, I was like, what the fuck? Because I remember sitting there, I was like, this shit is terrible. And then she kept screaming to call back. And I didn't know what she was doing. I was like, bitch, could you shut up? <laughs> <laughs> bitch, no. Let me tell this one story. I get to the poor show. I sung uh, Sweet Transvestite for uh, Karaoke League. Uh-huh. And people were doing, and I didn't know the words. I knew the words well enough, uh-huh. but not enough for people to be yelling fucking callbacks in the middle of my performance. <laughs> so imagine you go, how you do what? Dumb cut! And I was like, wait a minute, wait! Shut up! Okay, Shut I, up! I, I, I gotta take this fucking course at all. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> Let's get into the floor show. So open it. So the judges this week are uh, Tracy Martell and Orville Peck, uh, Big Mule and Lil Boulay was ready to put Tracy Martell right up out of the joke. <laughs> the waiter was like, girl, push the button for um, uh, Israel because we can't okay. do this all night. <laughs> she looked, she said, oh, we're, doing, you, we're gonna do that all night? Right, and they did not look amused. <laughs> <laughs> they did not look amused. Meanwhile, Orville Peck had notes. That okay. bitch had a full pad of I said, bitch, y'all better. He took this job seriously. Okay. So the person would come in. They were like, this ain't that other show, Kant. Okay. Get together, Miss Thing. Get together, Miss Mamas. We're going to put you right the fuck up out of here. And and with (laughs) no problems. No problems. Okay. Why did I write my notes this way? Okay. So the first one up, what is wrong with these fucking notes? Hold on. Because I have Zob up here first. Oh. Which I don't matter how it came out. <laughs> you know it doesn't matter to me. You know, I take my job very seriously. Uh, so anyway, it's high noon, bitches. Let's get into it. The first one out is Bitter Betty giving us Cyborg Dolly Parton. What I, first of all, the look is fantastic. So Betty talked about, uh, she's uh, ad nauseum, that she is a kill. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you slipped that agnosium in there. <laughs> That she is a kill person, and I love. And I was like, "Oh, great, she's going to lean into that." And then she said she was doing Dolly. I was like, "Oh," but I do see some like a little bit of heel in this performance. It is Dolly full on. It's it's fully a Dolly as a saloon girl. Like if this person was performing at the Six Flags as Dolly Parton, um, giving a side with the 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 gun prop. I thought was great. Where Betty Bitter Betty is the most successful is the presentation. And they bring this up in the judging where it looks like um, she's this animatronic that has gone haywire. So mm-hmm, it's not in mm-hmm. between Dolly Parton and also killing everybody. And I think it's genius. I wish 
that bitter um this also comes up in judging ha- judging had put on some actual mechanical pieces yeah I enjoy bitter betty so much and i think this is once again a really clean presentation um she can always i think bitter betty can always benefit from more yeah 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 i agree i agree. always benefit from more but definitely it's a scream from me baby it's I a scream from me yeah, I agree. It was good. I like the character. I like them con, uh, con, ugh, 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 contextualizing it as an animatronic like robot right. gone wrong. I wish that the makeup was a little bit better. Um, on the parts I heard it was supposed to be like a cyborg. Um, but yeah, it was good. I thought it looked fine. I just thought it looked like um a children's face painting, uh, not a child actually doing. But like if you went to like a party it was a like, girl make me a cyborg that's what yeah it was no not when we got uh Dolly on stage doing what Dolly's doing. Okay, darling. Okay, full on motocross made from head to toe. Uh, up next, we got Coco Kane, who basically has on a white dress and a pink mask and some hooves. Here's so a couple things. This is essentially the third time we have seen Coco do just this, and it's not taking us anywhere else. I wrote down it feels like Coco is just changing her mask every week. Yeah, I like the concept of a pig as a choice because it is monstrous. It's also a different direction for the saloon girl who is a pig. There's some there's some commentary there, there too about maybe a sex worker who is being treated like a, a slab of meat, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think she knew to take it there. Uh, <laughs> and it shows. And it just didn't seem like it was a, a full enough concept. Um, yeah, I like the idea. I wish it was executed better. Yeah, child, when they ran that clip of her um doing the same movement on the on the main stage, uh, I said I'll say. Uh yeah. Um yeah, it just I think the mere fact that I feel like I've seen this three times at this point right. uh brought a doubt for me. Um <clears throat> yeah. And it's it's so crazy because you know, um you can explore the bimbo in the context of this show in so many different ways. I mean Think about Peggy Bundy and then flip it on it, flip it on his head and apply different things and try different things and get dirty with it. And I would be comfortable with her staying in that space. And that's what I thought she was giving when we I first met her. I said, okay, girl, that's what you're giving. Great. Mm-hmm. But it does not go anywhere. It, in at least three weeks, it's not gone anywhere. So I wish she had thought a little further into it. And I, I enjoy Coco. She, her confessionals give me secondhand, secondhand anxiety, but mm. it is what it is. She's out. Yeah. No screams from me. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she didn't do it for me. She didn't do it. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) As Emiliano Zapata, uh, superb. Excellent work. I love the machismo, the caballero. I love the robot robot arm and also the presentation is spectacular. I think uh, something that... um, the performers who decided to straddle the line between masculine and feminine tonight. Um, well, no, that. The performers who did that tonight were the most successful. And this is what this competition's about, too. Blurring and making fun of those dumbass uh, uh, lines. Mm-hmm. Um, no notes. I thought Zav was excellent. It's really good to see Zav um, continue to come into their own. Yeah, it was good. It was uh, sinister and comical. Uh, they talk about the gender play later on in the judging. It was it was good. Good job. Yes. So our next doll out is Sigourney Beaver. And we do, and I'm sitting here looking at this first look. And I'm like, I don't know that that's a Mugler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be making shit out. So uh, Sigourney comes out and is this sort of um, space. It's like this alien was unclear. We never got a full explanation of this, actually. <laughs> I'll say with the context of this television, for this particular challenge, we'll say it's an alien. Uh, cowgirl, the friend, the, the stars and stripes, uh, Gigi Good is somewhere in the corner crying and vomiting because she understood the assignment for a chain. <laughs> and then does this burlesque reveal to the actual gold nuclear mm-hmm. piece that I do recognize. Um, Sigourney is a support, superb performer and a very aware burlesque performer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know much about Sigourney, but now I need to do some deep diving because I suspect this is the same situation as Ben de la Creme, where Ben also came from a burlesque background, which explains the lack of ability to lip sync. Um, <laughs> I would love for Sigourney to take it to the next level. 
She does glitz and high femme in that brand so beautifully and so well and executes it perfectly. Um, I want to see her get dirty. So going back to that original note about where's the horror, where's the filth, these are the weeks that she needs to start working on applying that. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think she'll be successful. I think she'll be successful because she does seem to make smart choices. And, uh, you know, that what's so great about burlesque training is it does teach, teach you the art of tease and the art of reveal. Mm-hmm. And we know that she does that well, which means if she can apply those to the other tenets of Dragula, I think she's already unstoppable, but she's really going to be unstoppable when she applies those other things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I want her to drag it up a little bit more, um, but she's she's great in presentation. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish that she would drag it up just a little bit more. Tell me, explain that. What do you mean? So... I think that Sigourney at this particular juncture in the competition, her mm-hmm. challenge is to uh, not look like a burlesque performer on the stage. Uh huh. Yes, absolutely. Um, Agreed. Because she does that uh, perfectly and beautifully. Um, but this is not a burlesque competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say drag it up a bit more, I mean, I need more umph in terms of characterization um you know what i mean because the challenge is to come on stage and to be a character in the context of this wild this weird wild west world um and so that means that you you need to embody something what are you you're a robot you're a mutant kind of like what betty did right came out and embodied a character right this like mad animatronic thing um i just want to see a little bit more of that because we, yes. we get that you can move and you're fluid and you are a, a, a good burlesque performer um right. but this is also a drag competition um and it there's is. a difference between a drag queen and a burlesque dancer there, there's yes. there yeah there are two differences um mm-hmm. i remember i used to live with a burlesque performer named d faust shout out to d faust um, who used to I'm always promo train down girl <laughs> Um, well, shout out but, because of Pookie, Lil Well, also the cool thing, if you guys want to go online and look her up, um, is <laughs> that she used to do a lot of occult burlesque. Um, uh-huh. and so I thought about her too because that is the the gig with this show. Um, and I thought mm-hmm. about what was successful for her stuff, and she would come out and it would be more dragged up in terms of like the stage looking like a ceremony and her embodying mm-hmm. this character. Um, right. And then, like, the bigger, like, she's had prosthetics and all of this stuff. Um, and so that's what I want to see from Sigourney. I want to see a little bit mm-hmm. more, like, abandon, right? I want to be able to place you a little bit more, um, obviously, and uh, the setting that we're supposed to imagine here. Because one thing I am disappointed in is the fact that we're not on, uh, we're not on location. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I think she hasn't won the challenge yet. Mm, that's true. I mean, because the work is always clean, but it's never quite gone um, over. But mm-hmm. she's been in the top twice now. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, she, 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 has, she just has to push it there. To get, I see what you're saying now in terms of that. Okay. So I always feel like, I feel like the presentation is always quite dragging. I think you mean in the performance part mm-hmm. of it and selling mm-hmm. the entire mm-hmm. concept and not just the ability to walk across the stage, stage travel, which is also a skill. Yeah. Also a skill. Anyway, up next, serving us, bitch, I'm a cow roll, and this is Saints. Doja, ooh. Saint pumps out in this cow, cowboy, cow, first it's a cow bodysuit. Cow. Let me be real with you. Mm-hmm. I was very, I was disappointed. Exactly. <laughs> just, just get it in. Just get it in. Yep. So here's so Saint comes out, and something that Saint gets clocked on from the judging is the the um, holding back in the movement department. So where Sigourney succeeds um, extremely well, uh, Saint could use some of that. And we talked about this before. A lot of the performers are just shy. Also, I want to know how much of the floor show we didn't get to see and how they were able to ascertain all of that from that because i can see it in that segment so i wonder if saint gave anything else during the other cuts of it mm-hmm. i see where there was some interest in um, adding some fashion influence i think you know the, the jutting out of the hips jutting out of the shoulders but my eye goes immediately to the fact that this bodysuit does not fit mm-hmm. i also go to the fact that this seems like a, um it seems out of the bag 
And we know that Saint is a much more talented art artist than that. And I knew that might happen when I saw that hat for the first time. Ooh, back, baby. I saw that hat in the back. I said, we are going to have some problems. Um, I appreciate the selection. I think it's an interesting take on this challenge. And Saint did, Saint did um, try something a little different, something mm -hmm. a little less obvious. I'm <clears throat> not in love with this particular um, presentation. And, you yeah. know, I saw the zipper on the back and it always bothers me. Yeah, it was. It wasn't given. It was not given. I was very upset when she walked out. So JJ Lee is next. I wrote just okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really looking forward to perhaps seeing JJ Lee shine. So JJ Lee comes out and is is she like a person from outer space? Who no, I don't know. I thought she was about the fucking. <laughs> I thought she was about the pile of the Gundam up in here. I didn't know what she was doing. Right, because she comes out in this like intergalactic space costume. And she has an alien on a pike. She removes the head of the alien and she brings the slime out. So one thing we do know is that Jay at least understands the components of it. I just don't feel like she's baking a cake yet. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it seems to me that she is, I don't know that she's afraid to take it there. Or I would love to understand more her inspiration of being on the show. She needs to take it there because she ain't got much longer. Okay, no, they about to um, they about to give her the fierce chop if she don't get it together. So, yeah, it just doesn't it, it just doesn't feel particularly real to me. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, here's hoping for better next week. So, the person who always has a successful weeks except for that one time in season two is Dolly <laughs> as the alien bounty hunter and sells it immediately on the stage. Gives his bounty hunter down. Uh, dog the bounty hunter is found so is somewhere crying and vomiting that is bringing our crying and vomiting count up to five now um i love this play on hyper masculine i love that there's also some feminine in dolly's presentation uh we saw that last week where the creeper on the beach had like this really masculine face but it was also in like frails and high heels and tracy runs it up a little bit later on to this, on the stage we won't get to the same point but it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. If it was, if I had to pick between Dolly and Zob, it was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. She was good. <laughs> she was good. So we need to talk about Mary Cherry. Child, y'all already know you what I you, think. You said you had notes, so go ahead. It wasn't given what it was supposed to have gave. Period. Okay, so let me let me let me let me be a little descriptive. <clears throat> One is another saloon girl, which we've already covered. I don't think that's imaginative enough. Um, the idea of having like a weird or mutant saloon girl, alien saloon girl. Okay, cool. Let's do that. But if we're gonna do that, we need to be able to do that and to give that. Um, that uh, construction paper on the face, trying to make a giant eyelash for one eye, she should have just scrapped it because it didn't. It wasn't that successful to me to say I'm a one a one eyed saloon girl, but then to like have flap of uh, yeah a flapper on your face and both of your eyes showing just with black makeup on that didn't work for me. You know, like uh -huh. it, when you say one eye, I'm thinking about what Blue Hydrangea did in uh, season one of Drag Race UK. For the mm -hmm. that weird science runway, that's what I'm. That's what I'm expecting or thinking of. It just it didn't. We are behind on a weird science challenge for this series. <laughs> it um it didn't it. I don't think that she had the level of execution to do that. And the, fine, do something else, or you know what I mean, or like work it in your pocket. It it did not give what I feel like it needed to give um in order to be successful. That's what I'll say. Mm -hmm. That was actually quite polite. Thank you. Finish my snack. Um, yeah. So here's the thing about Mary. There is something about Mary, and sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's um, not so good. Uh, I wrote down Pickle Mae West because she looks a little bit more like a pickle. I feel like Mary has the intelligence to compete in this competition because I've not hated her choices. I've hated her execution on the pieces. So these are. This is one of the people who I don't feel like necessarily has the artistry to compete at the level that she, I think she desires to compete. Mm -hmm. 
or should aspire to competing at. Um, I appreciated her, her choice the first week. I actually appreciated her choice the second week. Was I the most offended by this? No. Is it the most imaginative thing in the world? No. Um, did I don't feel like the performance was necessarily uh, a loss. And again, I would love to see an extended cut of what the floor show looks like for me to better ascertain what uh, uh, what is actually being seen by the judges, right? Because we only we get like a, a, a we get a, a, a monster cut, you know, of what it, a master cut of like everything that's being shown. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And I see what some I see some of the things that the judges see in her, right? I see where it needs to be polished, um, and it is being made the more that more obvious in all the shit that she is talking. And she, that's one of those things she needs to learn about herself. Is you, if you in this thing, you you in this competition, and you are not within your league, you need to be trying to uh, shuffle in the back, girl, somewhere. Or if you're not about to bring the game, you're not going to bring your A game. You need to find yourself in the middle somewhere. Like J. Jolie. Yeah. So I yeah. didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, hate it, but we have some issues. Anyway, last but certainly not least is Hoso. Hoso continues to be a shining star when it comes to artistry for me. The job, first of all, Hoso is a crab meets a cactus. And what I loved in that sil- that first silhouette is I thought she was just a crab. And then we reveal to the full look an element of surprise, a different tape. This is script. This uh, Reese's cup is good as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a different tape. She is very, very, very creative. So I thoroughly enjoyed this look out of Hoso, uh, and also a different, a different take on the Western Challenge. A cactus is very obviously Southwest, mm-hmm. right? So to have added like. Actually, now that I think about it, she had to have been inspired by Pokemon. Because isn't there a cactus Pokemon? Girl, I don't know. I wasn't getting it. I was like, okay. This is going to be the first week where I'm not uh, giving, it, giving it up for Ms. Um, Ms. Hoso. I understood Maybe. it. So I, I, feel like, I feel like there's a cactus. Yeah, for her, girl, her uh, man's song. Uh, I definitely got the cactus. I feel like she's giving us Krabby. That is a Pokemon. And the claws, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I appreciate the take on it. I thought it was creative. And that was the floor show. Mm-hmm. So we learned that last week when we thought that the boulets were cutting out the other two, <laughs> them two girls because they weren't feeling it. Um, uh-huh. That may not be the truth because then they had their own individual judging before the main judging this time too. Um <clears throat> And they just went over a few things, right? They were pleased with Betty. They're pleased with Mary. And they noted that this is do or die week for J. Jolie. She got one more week to not be given. Um, I wish that they would have said that to her on the stage. Because what they do is they declare that Jade, Hoso, and Mary are safe. Um, Baby, I appreciate that they do so many tops and a little bit of bottoms because we live for when there are more tops than there are bottoms. But um, well, depends on the <laughs> they they could have thrown girl please. I don't want no other bottoms up in there. Um they well, could have thrown girl they can have it after I'm done. They um could have thrown Mary up in that bottom to give her some critique. Uh because that look was that given. Anyway, um <laughs> so that means the tops and the bottoms are Dolly, Sigourney, Betty, Zavaletta, Saint, and Coco. Uh, they tell Sigourney that what she does is precise and is perfection. They want the characterization to match the ability. Um, and they they note that she painted scales on her face, but you can't see that from the stage because she didn't right. um, do it uh, to, in, a, in a way in which it would be visible. And they just note that, hey, you're going through all this trouble, you might want to make sure that it can be seen. Um, they love Dolly. They love the artistry. They think that her look complemented Zavaleta's look. Um, and they also love that she has been doing like masculine drag. Uh, Betty, they were happy to see her step up. Zavaleta, they live for the look. They live for it. It was like smiling and maniacal. Um, they love the gender play. And I wrote, and Trixie keeps throwing these puns in that nobody wants. Um, 
By the time the, after the third one, when they addressed it, they were like, all right, listen, bitch. Cut. Right. Cut the cameras, dead ass. Right. Cut the cameras, dead ass. Now listen here, bitch. <laughs> um, Saint, not, they, uh. okay. Saint, they, um, they acknowledge something that I was glad they acknowledge. They're like Saint usually comes at things from, um, from more of a fashion perspective, um, which is true. Uh, but they said that when she came out on that stage, they don't know what was going on because she came out stiff and timid. Um, true. And one thing you definitely do not want to be in that outfit is stiff and timid because now I'm just going to look at how terrible that outfit looks. Yeah, um, dirty. It, was, it just seemed like something she threw in the suitcase. Huh? Yes, it was. It was it like Eureka in that beach ball. <laughs> well, at least that beach ball has some glitter on it. You just shit. I feel like, um, yeah, I look at that shit. I said, Eureka, you just, you just had this. I felt like um, RuPaul talking about the motherfucking H&M on the runway. Bitch, you better throw some, <laughs> bitch, you better throw some motherfucking glitter on that shit. Um, and I want more. Is it too much X? The world's in it. The world's about to end. Okay. And I'm Coco. Gonna I'm going to do that at your wedding. Coco, um, they were like, girl, you you been a hoe every week. Okay, we kind of <laughs> they ran they ran a mon they ran a, a montage of her coming out doing the same walk with the same silhouette. Uh and so they just want some more character. So we and get to Coco the back. was like, you right. Right. And Coco in the confessionals is just defeated. She just hit it's like, yes, girl, yes. Okay, done. Um Zavaleta wins the challenge. Shout out to Zavaleta. Um, Our interns on vacation with the air horns will be back next week. <laughs> we get backstage and the girls want to fight because that's what they do when they hit the backstage. So, bitch, <laughs> give some drag queen some fucking vodka and that's just all she wrote. Ain't so, no damn reason new consoles be fighting every week. Zavaleta and Mary having their little toxic friendship on one side. They's going off. Um, <laughs> okay, so this is what I had to say about Jay. So there was a moment where Jay was joking with Zavaleta. And Zavaleta got fierce with her, and Jade got a little fierce right back. She was like, "Girl, don't do it, don't do it," because I'm always nice. Jade needed to mind her business. This is what I wrote down. I think the Jade strategy coming in here, um, having the experience of being on a TV show before, TV show. is that she's coming in low key, because she was very much not low key on Miss Drag Race season five. Right. Okay, she was you up in the back. No challenges, people notice. <laughs> she was up in the back getting Miss Alyssa Edwards together. She <laughs> and then also oh, take uh, helping Alyssa take this shit to the bank. <laughs> yeah. Imagine giving a bitch their iconic their iconic catchphrase. You see, right? Well, she had one too. Shit, she had one too. She just chose not to um capitalize. Uh, the shoulder should have matched them hips. That was fierce. Yeah, yeah, but you listen, Mayhem's still in litigation with a daughter Lana over party. Child, Mayhem needs to get it together, okay? Because we don't, you cling it on to this fucking uh, blinking shit. I'm done with it, okay? So, what the, but hey, at least Mayhem, one thing about Mayhem, she gonna get her a job because that bitch is in Brazil. Also, <laughs> so, random tour. So how'd you get on this tour? Go ahead. Right, a lip sync assassin tour. Um, uh, Coco and Saint have this moment because they both in the bottom and they drunk, so they both, you know, very emotional. <laughs> and, <laughs> Actually, saying they they are actually quite sober. Yeah, they they on the couch drunk, Miss Thing eating each other out, Miss Thing and crying, and so it's very lesbianic. And they talk about how you know important it is for them to be there, yada yada yada. And Zavaleta is like, yes, yes, representation, yes. Uh, and then Mary interjects, and I'm like, okay, Girl. see, Mary, this is this is what it is right here. I can't defend you, bitch. Like, what the <laughs> you over here just setting yourself up every time. Girl, just get out of somebody's conversation. Do you have to? And this is what this is what Coco was saying. Do you have to be on the, the on the stage all the time? Mm-hmm. Let somebody else have five seconds, <laughs> please. Okay, and you need to talk less because <laughs> you don't want the camera to pan back over so we can see one more time what you looking exactly. like. Exactly, right, right, right. <laughs> well, say it. I said, listen, that mouth need to be you need to be praising the bitches, <laughs> saying congratulations. We're not gonna notice the outfit fucked up as fiercely if you are a little nicer. When you over here talking about having a side conversation about always being safe, well, listen, Brenda, 
You okay. are not serving top looks, okay? So you need to be grateful <laughs> okay. for what you have. Okay, Queen of Brooklyn. So right. that's it's okay to aspire for more, but to aspire to more of a girl, you need to be realistic sometimes too. Okay, so that was that was the backstage. Um, the Boulets let everybody know that they were all up. Um, they're not all up for extermination, <laughs> but they all participated in extermination on tonight. So the extermination challenge, they got to ride a mechanical bull. Um, and though my theory is. Mechanical bulls are just fun, so I feel like everybody just wanted to do it. So yeah, I mean, it, was, it was fun. It's it. Everybody looked like they were having fun. They had you know the the clip. Of everybody getting on. Seth Mary. They had a clip of her falling on the ground. Um, <laughs> Listen, I'm a big girl. If I wear that as flexible as I am, it is not easy to get up on the bulls. So the, the performer, the art monsters, all get up on the bull. And uh, Jamal, have you ever ridden a mechanical bull? Before? They could have helped Mary up on that bull because they, they had. <laughs> you can't they, put a stool in there. They could have helped her up so she could at least get on it. She never even got fully on it. Even when it started moving, she was laying planking on it. Look, and I knew then, Mary didn't insist on not getting not getting help. And then she fell on the. I said, "Oh <laughs> my god!" <laughs> have you ever ridden a mechanical bull before? No, I have not. I need to. See, I have to see that. I'm sure everybody just need to see that. Anybody you know, yes, getting up on this so I can look foolish and then get thrown off? Girl, I got, I rode one one time, and I had on um I had on like acrylics and tips, baby, baby. First of all, these hoes is all cheating because they're using two hands. You're supposed to use one. <laughs> Maybe the way I almost broke her down. I did break her down on the rock on wall. That's a different story. Anyhow. No, no, ma'am. Anybody doing that? And then one of them, um, I think it was Sigourney. I, I swear to God, I'm just praying that she get through this competition without uh, seriously injuring herself. Because okay. when she fell off that bull, it was almost too close to her, like bashing her head in the front. I said, "See, that's what I'm talking right. about." And the first episode, I flashed back to the room spinning, and she was when the one that fell. Around. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I said, "Oh, this bitch is gonna be dead by the time this show is over." Okay, they signed that fierce NDA, but you—they nice and untouchable. <laughs> they nice and untouchable. So none of this really matters for any of the other monsters. So they just do it to have fun. They said, "It don't even matter for Saint Coco." We paid the thousand dollars, right? We paid the thousand dollars for the hour. Why don't you all come in and do it? It wasn't like they had to eat brains. We were there to eat brains. Mm-hmm. It's like that band to prove how big you big of a monster you are. Come eat these brains. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get the cutscene. We the last two are Coco Kane and Saint, and we get to our final cutscene. They're sitting up in the saloon. Big Boulet and Little Boulet. Little Boulet is uh, picking food up out their teeth, and Big Boulet is trying to feed Israel uh, <laughs> a piece of one of the monsters. Israel, can we sit aside? Israel's fine as fuck. Mm-hmm. Lord have mercy. I'm glad it's only Israel right now. They had the other Lord one have on. mercy. They had the other one that was on Drag Race on there. He's Sean. cute, but like, yeah, Sean. You remember Sean is the one who got in trouble on like Planet Fitness for not wearing deodorant? Oh, I that's, that's he looked like he stink a little bit. That's an aside. I'll tell you. I'll, let me see if I can find a news story on that. Um, anywho, so Kiki, so you gotta admit, Israel, the one that you picked today was tasty. And I was just like, if it is Saint out on that spit roast, we won't have a problem. <laughs> Fortunately, it was not. It was Coco King. Um, <laughs> I had which, no, uh, I had no doubt that I, it was Coco yeah, up on that spit roast. Right, especially with this this week, because sometimes the extermination do look like they might, they might. Might have some additional points adjacent to them, but then you mm-hmm. get stuff where they just put their arms into leeches and like. How do you score that? Like, <laughs> what do you score? Or if who who um, Bundy who jumps up the plane plane and who doesn't? That's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is our person went home. It's it's sad to see Coco gone. I definitely felt for um, the conversation that Saint and Coco were having about representation and um, being seen as black performers in this space that has traditionally excluded black performers, mm-hmm. uh, both the representation and also gate kept black performers out of it. And I started to think to myself when I was that, that conversation and it made me think, do, are the black girls um, applying for the show? When we have, we have three black girls on the show. We, all, we also have a really diverse cast. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it got me down to the conclusion that it, it sucks that we've had so long of that alignment with whiteness, that, um, that gatekeeping of black and brown people out of this particular genre and space that when uh, a queen, a black queen is eliminated on the show, it hurts that much more. Mm-hmm. It hurts that much more. 
Anyway, Coco, what's real? I hope you and Nina Modina don't start fighting. Uh, let's talk wig of <laughs> Why would I start fighting? <laughs> Remember they had that drama at the top of the uh, season when Nina was claiming she wasn't a monster? I don't remember that. Nina remember always, that? Nina always running her you know, mouth. Nina always, yeah, she always got some shit to say. Stay running her goddamn it. mouth. Very that. Um, yeah. So wig of the week. Who's your favorite wig? I mean, wasn't nobody wearing no good wigs this week? I'm... So Gordy's wig was nice. Yeah, but it was just regular. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you got to give praise to the standard issue wig. The wig is wigging. If the wig is wigging, girl, you got to give the wig the wig's tings. Uh-huh. Worst wig this. I already know what you're gonna say. Uh, <laughs> worst wig this. I know you're gonna say. What? I couldn't even get the Mary's wig because she had the hat on. <laughs> so I don't even know what it looked like when she styled it. If she did style it, or if she it just was took like a bunch of sides. Yeah, girl. Girl, bye. <laughs> Mary need to go home next week. I swear to God, Mary need to go home next it's, week. It's, it's time. If Mary don't go home next week, I'm be over it. Okay. I, don't think, I can't think of anybody else. The only person who could go home before her is Jade. Yeah, ain't no more worse up in here except Mary. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see what next week's challenge brings us. Child. Well, folks, this is this week's episode of Black Tar Roots. Based on our analytics, it looks like we have a lot of new listeners. So Hi, new listeners. Welcome. We are excited to have you here, and we hope you enjoy the show. Um, if you are on Instagram, you can follow us and engage with us, because we love talking about drag, as you can see. Clocking in. <laughs> follow us at Black to Our Roots Pod on Instagram, and on Twitter, we're Black to Our Roots. And on FarmersOnly.com, we're what, Jamal? Non-existent, because I'm not on Farmers Only. You don't have to be lonely with farmers only. They have nicer commercials these days. Anywho, uh, that was this week's episode. Uh, Once again, Babu, I'm Twinkle My Fucking Toes. And I'm Jamal. Bye. Bye.